0: Different ages, different denominations, different everything. Some who have never been kissed, some who are widows, some who are divorced, some with kids, some without kids, some want kids, some don't. Catholics, Baptists, Pentecostals, baby Christians, cradle Christians, those who are in the middle of deconstructing, all of it. It doesn't matter. I love them all, and more importantly, I help them all. So today, I'm going to teach you what I know to be true about the essentials to establishing a quality relationship. Hello ladies, and welcome to the Forever Love Podcast. I am your host and Christ-centered relationship coach, Lily Matanguiza. And today, this is a very special episode because it's the end of 2022. We are getting ready for Christmas. And today I have a very special treat for you. We're going to talk about the five vital steps to starting a Christ-centered relationship. Because I know that one of the things that you are longing for is that connection, the love, the relationship, the romance that comes from being in a Christ-centered relationship, especially one that is positioned for marriage. So today we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how to get from wherever you're at into that Christ-centered relationship. So, before we get right into it, I wanna give you a little overview of what to expect because this episode is gonna be in depth. We've got a lot to cover. I wanna give you everything you need to know. And I'm gonna start by introducing myself and telling you a little bit more about myself because we've had a lot of new listeners in the last few months. And I wanna make sure that if you're new to this podcast, that you get to know a little bit about me. And then we're gonna dive right in and talk about the steps, what you're doing right now that's keeping you from being in a relationship and why you need to be spending your time doing these five vital steps. And of course, I'm gonna tell you about the Foundations for Love program and a very special New Year's bonus that I am including because I wanna make sure you set yourself up for success in the coming year. So I'm not going to leave you without resources. I am going to give you the most amazing bonus that is going to help you from December 31st, right into the first nine days of January, really making sure that you're establishing your goals, your dreams, your desires, your plans for the future on a solid foundation. My goal is that by the end of this episode, you're gonna have a crystal clear plan for what you need to be spending your time on in 2023 in order for you to honor that God-given desire for marriage. For those of you who are new here, let me tell you a little bit about me and why all of this matters to you. So, my name is Lily Matanguiza. I am a Christ-centered relationship coach, and I teach women how to honor their God-given desire for romantic love in a Christ-centered marriage. Before I met my husband, I was a hot mess. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, and I found myself in a lot of toxic relationships, and I had no self-love and no self-control. I mean, it wasn't all bad. I had a great job. I had finished university and I was doing well for myself, but I did not have the relationship skills I needed to be able to establish a lasting, loving, and healthy connection with an amazing, equally yoked partner. So when I realized that Lovingson, that's my husband, was interested in me, I thought there's definitely something wrong with this guy. I mean, it's crazy, right? Because he seemed to be a decent man. And why would he want anything to do with me? And if I had remained the same and kept that mindset, I would have eventually ruined that relationship. It would have ended pretty quickly. And in fact, it almost did because pretty early into it, I sabotaged it and made a huge mess. Honestly, it was bad. But it's from that experience that I realized something had to change. I had to change. I had to learn. I had to figure out why I was doing the things I was doing, why I was so keen on sabotaging healthy relationships, and why I kept going back to these really destructive, unkind, unloving relationships that did not serve me, and certainly weren't good for anybody around me either. So I ended up having one of those come to Jesus moments and decided to completely transform my life. I needed a fresh start. Not for him, of course, but for me. He was just a really cute excuse to do it. So I started studying the word of God and everything I could get my hands on about love and relationships. I knew that there was a lot of generational trauma and destructive patterns in my life that I would have to confront and overcome if I wanted to have a fighting chance at a healthy marriage. And after about 18 months of dating slash courtship, we got married in July of 2014. We now have two amazing little girls and we're committed to creating a life that gives them the best of both worlds because we met in Canada, way up in the Arctic, and he's actually from Zimbabwe. I'm Canadian. And we wanted to give our daughters the ex- the opportunity to experience both sides of their heritage, the best of both worlds. And so we live part-time in Canada, part-time in Zimbabwe, and it's an amazing adventure, but that's a story for another day. I've actually shared quite a bit about my history and all of the interesting things, but you'd have to go back and listen to some of the older episodes, especially the first 12 episodes of the Forever Love podcast to get the inside behind the scenes scoop on all of it. There's a lot there and I want to share it all with you, but this is not where we're going to do it. Go back and check it out now. I started coaching in 2017, just after our youngest daughter was born, and I knew I wanted to help women who, like me, had struggled with love, because I know just how hard those situations can be. And in the spirit of honesty, this is not my first marriage. Yep, that's right. I was a divorcee at the early age of 22, because I had married my high school sweetheart, Of course, I say sweetheart with air quotes because he was anything but. But really, we were just too young, dumb, and stubborn to believe that we could be happy with anybody else. And so we continued down the path towards marriage, even though it wasn't the right decision for either of us. We were just too scared to let go of one another. So despite all the warning signs and red flags, we got married in a church. In fact, I made him convert to Catholicism at the time because I thought that would make my mom happy. It didn't, but I was naive. And I thought that if we just got this whole relationship blessed by God and we did it right, according to church and my mom and whatever i was thinking at the time then we could go on to be happily ever after right wrong we lived together for about 3 months before i was like no this this was this was a bad choice and i asked him to leave and that was one of the hardest things i'd ever done i really thought that i had to sleep in the bed I had made and that I had to stick with this because I had made my commitment in front of God and going back on it wasn't allowed. But the truth is I had made a huge mistake and pushing forward with that bad decision wasn't going to bring God any glory. It wouldn't have been safe. It wouldn't have been healthy. It was just not the right relationship for me. And I Never should have been in it. I definitely shouldn't have made it into a marriage. And I needed to leave. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I need you to know that anyone can change their love story with the help of Christ. And I love helping women honor their God given desire for a healthy relationship and removing the roadblocks that are getting in the way. And helping to make sure that you don't get into a relationship, especially a marriage, for the wrong reasons. I feel incredibly passionate about this. And I want to help as many women as possible. Because the more women who know their worth, hold their high expectations, including raising some of their expectations, and enter into healthy, high-quality relationships with equally yoked partners the less abuse, divorce, broken homes, and generational trauma we'll see in the world. I don't want to pass down any of the dysfunctional chaos that I experienced to my daughters. Unlike me, my daughters will grow up seeing what real love looks like. And when they start on their own journey towards marriage, they will have no confusion about what toxic behavior looks like and how real Christ-centered men behave. I believe in this work so deeply that I am now helping women around the world pursue marriage at the highest level possible. And I help them in two very important ways. First is through private one-on-one coaching. And the second is through my online courses, this podcast, and other resources that I create week after week and offer to you to help you in your God-given desire. Private coaching is really essential because it gives women an opportunity to work with me one-on-one to understand their thoughts, emotions, and behavior so that they can take all of their power back and create a life that is good for them and brings glory and honor to God. And my online resources are there to help them understand and implement the skills and knowledge they need in order to create those healthy relationships. So it's a win-win situation. On the one hand, you get to learn independently, you get to go through things at your own pace, and then we get to discuss it in depth and in relation to your real-life circumstances in a way that is meaningful and impactful. So I've created a space where all of my best resources live, including my signature course, Ready for the One, plus a ton of other material that is going to help you develop those skills, implement them, and learn about all the things that go into a relationship like boundaries, self-love, and other general topics that all relate to love and romance, but is specifically designed for single women who have a relationship with God that they want to honor and they want to build up a relationship that is founded in love. I've got a lot of experience coaching a lot of different kinds of women with different backstories and over a thousand hours coaching women from around the world different ages, different denominations, different everything. Some who have never been kissed, some who are widows, some who are divorced, some with kids, some without kids, some want kids, some don't. Catholics, Baptists, Pentecostals, baby Christians, cradle Christians, those who are in the middle of deconstructing all of it. It doesn't matter. I love them all, and more importantly, I help them all. So today. I'm going to teach you what I know to be true about the essentials to establishing a quality relationship. Let's begin by making sure you're listening to the right podcast. So here's how you'll know if this podcast and more specifically this episode is for you. First, if you're single, if you're single, this episode is for you. Or if you're in a relationship, but it's not the relationship you need to be in, this episode is for you. If you want to be a wife, you're in the right place. If you want God to be an important part of your life and marriage, you're exactly where you need to be. If you're in a relationship and it's good, but it's not where you want it to be, i.e. you're not married yet, keep listening. If you're not sure where to meet quality men, or even if you're good at getting dates, but they never evolve into something more, you're going to be missing one of the five steps that I'm going to talk about in this episode. Or maybe it's because you're not spending enough time focusing on one or more of these essential five steps. So here's how you know if this is you. First, you don't have anyone interested in you right now, or the men who are interested in you are not what you're interested in, or if you don't have a committed or exclusive relationship in your life, or if you don't have closure from a previous relationship. And this is for you if you don't have peace, especially in regards to your relationship status. So if you don't have a relationship that's positioned for marriage, if you don't have peace, if you don't have anyone interested in dating you, it's because you're not spending your time on the right things. And here's what I found after thousands of hours in private coaching sessions. Women Have a tendency to take far too long being single unnecessarily. Usually because they're waiting on the Lord, which I get. But honestly, honestly, most women are using that line as a spiritual bypass to avoid discomfort. The truth is, Marriage is not something that happens to you. It's something you co-create with God and you have an extremely vital role to play. So some of the reasons it's taking too long is because you're spending too much time swiping, too much time wondering, too much time praying. Whoa, I know, I know, I said it. A lot of you are feeling all the feels right now because I said you're spending too much time praying, but hear me out. Some of you are praying worried, angry, bitter prayers, begging God to deliver your husband to you while you hide in your comfort zone so that you don't ever have to experience rejection or heartache. And when that happens, six months, two years, eight years, 40 years go by and they haven't been on a single date in that whole time. You know what's not too much time? 90 days. Wherever you're at, spiritually and emotionally, 90 days is enough time to heal your heart and start showing up for love again and getting out there and going on dates. If you're taking more than 90 days, whether you're starting from fresh out of a relationship or it's been years and years since you've had dinner with a man, 90 days is all you need to start getting those first dates on your calendar and let me let you in on a little secret the best way to believe you can get into a relationship and get married is to start having relationships and i'm going to teach you how to do it i'm going to teach you how to start a relationship in the next 90 days in this episode honestly you could do it much faster But I know some of you are feeling a little bit rusty. And if I said 30 days, that would make you feel rushed and you would kind of dick in your heels and refuse to move forward. And that's okay. Time is on our side. But the main reason it's taking so long for a lot of women to start getting real dates is because they scatter their focus and they're spending not enough time on the right things and too much time on the wrong things. A lot of women come to me and they're working really hard on doing a lot. They're making a lot of sacrifice and they're not actually seeing results. Sadly, I think this is where churches take advantage of single women, telling them that if they're faithful to God and spend their time serving, God will provide. Women are taught to expect a godly man to just roll up into their church one day randomly and see you serving your heart out, fall in love with you, and ask you to marry him. And don't get me wrong, I believe there's a time and a season for this kind of truth, but it's... For those who are under 25, who really aren't ready to get married yet, it's not appropriate for women who are in their late 20s, who want to have babies, who need to be actively learning relationship skills by practicing being in relationships. When you know you want to get married, there comes a point where you have to start investing your time, effort, and energy into experiencing relationships and learning from them. But the church tells women to be patient and wait on the Lord. So they go through their thirties and then their forties. And then after their fiftieth birthday, they decide to, they need a different approach. And then they end up calling me. By the way, I work with a lot of women over the age of 50. And I firmly believe that no matter what age you are, no matter how long it's been, if you have a desire for marriage, that desire comes from God and it's time to honor it. And that means taking responsibility for your thoughts, emotions, and actions so that you can co-create that relationship with God. So the main reason that it's taking so long for you to get into a relationship is because you've been doing Things that haven't had you engaging with people of the opposite sex and risking rejection. Yes, my friend, you have to risk exposing yourself to rejection and heartache if you want to experience real love, but we will talk about that in a little bit. First, let's talk a little bit more about what your brain and society think is the right way to get into relationship and why it's wrong. So here's what won't work, thinking you need to guard your heart and do a lot of research to make sure you don't date the wrong person. Your brain says, if I want to be in a relationship, I've got to know everything about this guy. So you Google him, you face check him, you get your sister's opinion, your mom's opinion, you have your pastor lay hands on his picture, you anoint it, you bless it, and you do all of this before you've even sat down with the guy and had a cup of coffee. Now, of course, I want you to be safe out there and do your due diligence, but some of you are taking it to the next level every time. And I get it. You, it's, it's wild out there. And you don't want to get raped. You don't want to get kidnapped. And of course, you don't want to get murdered. But the chances of those things actually happening to you are minuscule. And the truth is you're much more likely to get catfished, ghosted, rejected, feel confused. And so you do all of this homework ahead of time to try to eliminate any risk of emotional vulnerability. And ultimately you miss out on the chance to experience a relationship at all. The next thing that everyone says you need more of is education. So you buy the books, you read the magazines, you listen to the podcasts, you go to the single services, you do all the things, right? And at the end of the day, you have a lot of theoretical knowledge about relationships and what men are like. And then you discuss it all in depth with your other single friends. So we create these echo chambers of what it's like to be in a relationship without ever having been in a relationship. And again, I get it we grew up in a society that told us the secret to success is education. If you want to get anywhere in life, you need to be taught and you need to study. And while I believe education is important, I put a much greater emphasis on applied knowledge and learning through experience. Reading about men is one thing, but going on a date and talking to one is another. Plus, some of you need to unlearn what you know about men, because the men you've been exposed to so far are not healthy, are not mature, are not kind, are not Christ-like. And so you have experience, but it's very negative. It's tainted with all kinds of just awful, awful memories. And so you have to actually unlearn those things and then discover that there really are great humans in this world. And some of them are male and some of them are single. And some of them would be so blessed to be in a relationship with you. Now, if you've guarded your heart and you've done your research and you've educated yourself on men, then you also need to know your type. So the third thing you do is make this nice long list of everything you're looking for in a man. He's got to be this tall, love his mom, goes to this kind of a church, volunteers on the weekend, plays sports, cooks, cleans, knows how to change a tire. likes animals, especially cats, doesn't mind my curves, wants to go on vacation in France, eats sushi, plays an instrument, and bonus points if he holds the door open for me on a first date. So now that you know what you're looking for, The reason you're not finding him is because you're not good enough. So you have to go to the gym, get a new hairstyle, learn a new language, volunteer more, pray harder, join six more ministries, learn how to cook, buy a home, adopt a pet, make new friends, and spend time getting to know yourself. There are women who come to me and they have three degrees, a thriving business, an incredible lifestyle, a dog, a horse, and they're the lead singer on the worship team, but they still feel unworthy of love, and they're not ready for a relationship. So after you guard your heart, do your research, educate yourself, make your list, become worthy. Now you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to be on all the dating platforms, sign up for the speed dating, make plans to go out with the girls and schedule those meetups. This is what your brain thinks is the route to success. But I want you to take a second and really think about why this might not work. Go ahead, take a second. I don't want you to just, you know, agree with me. I want you to really think about why this might not work if you want to establish a relationship. If you have no idea, that's fine. I'm going to tell you the answer. You can do all of those things and fill your calendar and honestly years doing those five steps and never go on a single date, and have almost no contact with single people of the opposite sex. Which is really frustrating, right? Because we think if we pray enough, guard our heart, get educated, the men are going to line up and ask us out. If our hair is right and our heart is pure, God will know that we're ready and send him, right? But those five things don't have you interacting with potential partners. They keep you safe and cozy in your little comfort zone, which is why your brain loves them so much. Our human brains love passive action. Passive action is any action we can take to feel accomplished without risking any failure or rejection. Society has taught us that knowledge is safety. The more I know, the less I might fail, and the more security I have. And our brains also tell us that creating is doing. When we sign up for that dating app and write our bio and start swiping and judging, we think we're doing something productive. The brain thinks, yay, I did it. I'm doing it. I'm getting out there. I've sent five smiley emojis today. I'm nailing it. My man is on the way. But what's actually happening is we're taking all of the connection and actual relationship building and putting it off into the future instead of experiencing it in the present. And the reason this is so tempting is because it feels productive and we're trying to do our part. And then when we don't see what we want, we blame the men or our mothers or God or whatever for why it isn't working, because you did everything you could, right? So maybe God just doesn't want you to get married and that you're supposed to be single for the rest of your life. Now, I need you to remember this one important truth. The number one thing people aren't doing enough of is failing, and we're going to talk about that. But here's how you actually start a relationship. You have to take productive action. Now, when it comes to starting a relationship, productive action is any action that has you interacting with potential partners. So to figure out if you're taking productive action, we're going to do a quick calendar audit to see how much time you're spending in productive action. Don't worry, I'm going to explain exactly how you're going to do it, but you have to check what you're doing with your time. If you're serious about getting married sooner rather than later, you've got to check how you're spending your time and doing things that get you interacting with single men. Because like I said, the only action that is productive is interacting with potential partners. And I know that some of you are listening to this and feeling really uncomfortable right now, and you're thinking to yourself, well, that wasn't true for Ruth and Rachel. Um, I don't know why it should have to be true for me. They didn't put themselves out there. God just provided. But I would challenge you on that. I want you to really think about what was happening for them. Rachel was out at the well, interacting graciously with the men who came to visit her father. Ruth was out in the field and later very intimately interacting with Boaz on the thrashing floor. So in each of these stories, we have examples of women who were intentionally interacting with potential partners. Also, it's really important to keep in mind that women of the Bible were considered property. Marriage, in their case, did happen to them. They were offered in marriage, whether they liked it or not. One of the things that I love about our era is the opportunity to have Christ-centered relationships and for women to choose their partner and marry for love rather than obligation or because they had a father or uncle who told them to. The freedom to choose and enter into a relationship and a marriage based on mutual love, respect, and appreciation to me is the basis of a Christ-centered relationship. So if you're not interacting with any potential partners, you have to be honest about that. And honestly, it doesn't matter so much whether it's in person or online, as long as you're getting experience interacting with them. But I know you're probably thinking that if you spend weeks talking to a guy and then he ghosts you or you get catfished, it was a total and utter waste of time. I actually had a client experience this recently. She spent over 30 hours talking to a guy online only to find out he was a fake. She had been catfished and it crushed her. So she came into her coaching session reasonably upset makes sense. Of course, you're going to be upset when you invest all that time. But the main thought that was really unproductive and unhelpful was this thought that this was a total waste of time. But I told her, no, no, you did exactly the right thing. If you're not failing, if you're not learning from disappointment, if you're not having experiences, then you're wasting time. But just because you're sad doesn't mean you did it wrong. You actually did it right. It just doesn't feel good. So the brain wants to avoid that. That's why you've got to look at your calendar and know the amount of time you're spending in productive action versus passive action. So look at your calendar, like really think about your last seven days. And if it didn't include a substantial amount of productive action, then you're not heading in the right direction. And if you're not sure what you've spent your time on in the last seven days, that's okay too. Just, I want you to start tracking it. Start writing down everything that you're doing during the day. Keep track of it for seven days and then check it and see how much time are you actually interacting with people of the opposite sex. And I'm also going to tell you how you have to be interacting with them because just working alongside Tim at the office probably doesn't count unless you, like me, happen to have met your significant other or will meet your significant other at the office. Side note, Lovings and I were actually, um, we met at work. I had quit and then he took my position and then I came back And we worked together with underprivileged youth for a couple of years, and it was an amazing experience. But that too is a story for another day. So one of the things you've got to be doing is failing a lot. If you don't feel super uncomfortable and like you're constantly getting slammed and your heart is doing like somersaults and backflips in not the most pleasant ways, then you're probably heading in the wrong direction. And I know this is really counterintuitive, but the way forward doesn't always feel good. Our brains think that if we're failing and doing it wrong and getting rejected or ghosted or our heart gets broken or we're breaking other people's heart, then we're headed in the wrong direction. So our brain tries really hard to steer us away from those uncomfortable things because our brains want to experience pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. That is survival in a nutshell. Avoid pain, experience pleasure, conserve energy. Perfect if you're in a life or death situation. Terrible strategy for experiencing connection, belonging, intimacy, and romance. I know it's confusing for the brain, but if you check in with your heart for a second, you'll know deep down that what I'm saying is true. Brene Brown says, I believe that vulnerability, the willingness to show up, Be seen with no guarantee of outcome is the only path to more love, belonging, and joy. And she also says, if we're going to put ourselves out there and love with our whole hearts, we're going to experience heartbreak. Oof, so true, right? C.S. Lewis says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure to keep it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully, round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglement. Lock it up in a safe, in a casket or a coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And if you're feeling kind of cold and hard in your heart right now because you've been hurt, don't worry. The Bible says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Yes, my friend, a heart of flesh, one that is tender, responsive, and vulnerable. So there's honestly no way around it. You learn to be in relationships through experience, including failing. That is the only education that matters. The school of hard knocks, the school of heartache and disappointment, the school of doing and failing and learning from it. That is productive. Experience is what leads to connection and relationship. So you can have a bookshelf full of relationship books and you can have the perfect outfit and a great body. You can know exactly what you're looking for in a man down to his shoe size. You can have all the class and charm and incredible cooking skills. You can be the ideal dreamy wifey material and still be single because knowledge and looks do not create relationships. So here's what you have to do to create connection. These are the five steps. Are you ready? I hope you got a pen and paper because this stuff is good. Pause right now if you need to and go get your notebook. Number one, you need to meet people and tell them that you're single. You have to meet them as a single woman, not just meet a lot of people, but with the intent of letting them know that you are single and available. Of course, it is preferable if you're meeting people of the opposite sex and they're single, that's ideal. But even that isn't totally necessary because people know people, right? The girl at the coffee shop might have a guy in her friend zone who would be perfect for you. We don't have to compete with other women. They can be your allies. They know men. They have dated other men. You have dated other men. Don't, Look at other women as competition. Really begin to respect everybody around you, love everybody around you, connect with everybody around you, and let them help you in your quest for a Christ-centered marriage. But that won't happen unless you're meeting new people and telling them what you want. So that brings us to number two. You have to make a high-quality offer. And there is a difference. There are lots of low quality offers out there where men don't take you up on it, and then they don't want to engage or ask for your details. And if no one is taking you up on your offer, that's how you know it was a low quality offer. And frankly, most pe- women are just not making offers. They they're not clearly articulating what they are offering in a relationship, and that they even want one. So. You have to learn how to make a high-quality offer that makes a quality man want to reach out to you, not chase them, but them showing interest in you, okay? Number three is you have to learn to interact without being weird. This is super hard because we are awkward and we're needy and we're defensive and suspicious and we're really, really Bad at getting out of our own way. Especially when you want something very badly, but you don't want to get hurt. You will you'll do some weird things. So, in order to interact without being weird, you have to let go of all of your fears around what you're gonna say and what he's gonna think and what your mother would say and what the women at church might think, and all of the stuff, all of the chatter that's going on in your head and it's not that you're ever going to be able to totally eliminate it but you can get to a place where you're not paying so much attention to it and it's not driving your behavior so you have to learn how to interact in a clean way that means it's not weird it's not creepy it's not needy or overly attached Because that kind of energy will make a pretty decent guy run away. Or worse, if he's a predator, he'll see that behavior as a vulnerability, and it makes you really, it it puts you in a dangerous situation, and it makes you more vulnerable to abusive behavior. So... If you're getting dates, but they're all ghosting you, or they're narcissists, or they're only interested in one thing, and you're feeling used and confused, it's because you're interacting in a way that is weird or leaving you vulnerable to toxic behaviors, and there is a better way. Number four, you have to be able to communicate your desire for marriage and establish commitments clearly. Okay? Okay. You have to know how to move the relationship forward in a way that is honest and authentic. You have to be able to clearly articulate what it means to go from dating to courtship to engagement and married so that you can establish whether or not there's a want match. Do you both want the same thing? You'll only know if you can clearly express it right? You have to be able to show them verbally. Like you have to be able to actually say these things out loud to them. You've got to be able to articulate why you would be an incredible person to partner with. And of course they have to do the same for you. But the reason I'm not talking about what men are supposed to be doing in all of this right now is because, well, I'm talking to you and we have no control over what other people think feel, and do. And so it does not serve us to talk about what men should be doing right now. It only serves us to talk about you here today. Now, that being said, let's talk about step five. You have to be able to overcome discomfort so that you can make decisions. This is all about discernment. Knowing what to do, not based on what you're feeling, but based on deep inner knowing. And it's going to be uncomfortable for you to talk with a potential partner about money, sex, gender roles, faith, religion, loss, shame, the past and the future. But you have to, if you're going to have real conversations, some of which are going to make both of you feel quite uncomfortable, especially if you are in or headed towards a genuine relationship, which involves a lot of vulnerability You also need to know when to have those conversations, not based on any timeline from a book, but based on the progress of your relationship. Now, there's a funny tactic that I see a lot of you using to try and avoid discomfort. And to avoid it, you try to put all of the discomfort up on the front end. So you're out there on your first date and you want to talk about everything, Write that in there, so that you don't waste time on the wrong guy. So you show up, and you're like there to interrogate him, and you're asking him about his relationship with Jesus and how many partners he's had, and his total revenue, where he filed his taxes, who he voted for, his stance on abortion, and you want like reference letters from his past three girlfriends, all before the drinks have even got to your table. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but honestly, I know you're doing this stuff because you tell me about it in private. And if that's not you, maybe you're on the other end because there's a lot of women out there who are very reluctant to talk about anything personal. And so you keep everything superficial and you're like there to talk about the weather and nothing other than very safe topics that have no meaning and no real connection value. The point is you need to be able to discern when to talk about what, not based on avoiding discomfort, but based on the needs of the relationship as it develops. So pause and ask yourself for a second, can you have uncomfortable conversations and do you understand why they're uncomfortable and can you move through them? If you're not doing these five things, if your calendar isn't reflecting these five essential things, it's the reason you're not in a relationship. Now, let's think about why this works. And don't just take my word for it or agree or disagree and turn off the podcast. I want you to really think about it for a moment. The truth is you only have a healthy relationship by being good at interacting with your potential partner. And the only way to get good at interacting with those potential partners is through experience and creating opportunities to fail. This is the reason I get my students out there dating people as soon as possible. You have to expose yourself to all of the emotions that are going to come up. There will be anxiety and anticipation and dread and crush and chemical romance and butterflies. There will be adrenaline and disappointment. There will be overwhelm and joy. You'll have goosebumps and you'll have desires and repulsion. You will have all of it. You have to show up and experience it. You have to be bad at experiencing it and then you have to learn how to get good at it. I know there are a lot of you out there who are judging other women because they're not praying as hard as you and their relationships aren't based on the Bible and they got their husband and they've got the whole thing and it's just not fair, right? But there are two things going on here that you need to understand. The first is, please don't compare yourself or your desire for a Christ-centered relationship with worldly relationships. It will steal your joy every time and judgment only makes you feel awful. Listen, a Christ centered marriage is like an Olympic gold medal. It's at a whole other standard. We are not playing in the little leagues. It's not as easy as all of that. We're showing up for something healthy, something real, something lasting and something true. It's going to take a little bit more effort. And the second one is if her relation is healthy and strong, she got there through a lot of failing and heartbreak. Let me tell you something. As a married woman, I am very aware of the level of anguish, grief, and heartache I am setting myself up for someday when one of us dies. I don't know which is worse, the idea of me losing him or him losing me. Either way, the intensity of the love between us is setting us up for excruciating pain one day. So please don't think that marriage is any kind of a silver bullet for avoiding negative emotions. You will have days when you feel lonely, misunderstood, frustrated, overwhelmed, anxious, all of it. Trust me. You will still be 100% human on the other side of that wedding altar. No matter how godly the two of you are, you'll have days when you hurt each other and you experience disappointment and frustration and rejection, even in marriage. But the point of marriage isn't to be happier or to have a better life. The point is to love and be loved. And that, my friend, is one of the worthiest pursuits and desires a human can have. So I want you to go for it. Go for it wholeheartedly. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. I know you want the next guy to be the one and you want to meet him and you want it to be amazing and to just know that this was a match made in heaven. But it doesn't happen like that. Your brain wants you to believe it happens like that and expect it to just all work out perfectly the first time, but honestly, that doesn't serve you as much as learning how to be with your emotions, how to set boundaries, how to make offers and pick yourself up off the floor and love at the deepest level. But knowing that failure and emotional discomfort is inevitable makes your brain want to put it off. It says, tomorrow, I'll sign up for that dating app. Tomorrow, I'll go to the singles event. Tomorrow, I'll tell that man how I feel. But tomorrow never comes. You've got to be willing to do the hard things today. And here's why this is so important. There are seven phases to a new relationship. This all happen before you get engaged. So let me tell you what the seven phases are. Number one, and I know a lot of you are here right now, the first phase is no one's interested in you. You don't have anyone in your radar, no one in the friend zone. It's just you. It feels like you're invisible. When you go out to social gatherings, no one talks to you. Men don't ask for your number. You feel uncomfortable. You don't know what to say. and You don't know how to talk to anyone else. Number two Is men engage with you, they talk to you, they ask you about your life, but they don't ask you out on a date. And if you tell them you're single, the conversation just kind of fizzles away. The third phase is they actually ask you on a date, but then they don't show up. This is crushing. Right, So many women, especially after they've mustered up all their courage to get out there and meet new people, and then you get really, really excited about this date, only to have him call and make some really lame excuse at the last minute. But I need you to know that this is normal. It's a part of the process. It means you're moving forward, you're going through the phases, and you're headed in the right direction. Now, remember, the brain does not want you to go in this direction. It feels very uncomfortable. And if you're there, you're going to experience a lot of intrusive thoughts like, I'm doing it wrong. It shouldn't be this hard. There's something wrong with me. It's not true. That's just your brain trying to protect you. Then we have phase four. They show up, you go on the date, but then they say no or you say no. So you go out for your coffee, you have a little chat, but either one of you decides, nope, this isn't what I'm looking for. And there's just no interest. There's no second date. It ends there. Again, totally normal and you're headed in the right direction. Phase five, they say yes to everything and the date goes really well. Things are coming along, but then they ghost you after. You text them, they text you, but you never hear from them again. You never go out again. And it's, it's basically communication that is like superficial, not moving anywhere, positive. It's, it, it's nothing, right? So it's a no. And then we have phase six. They say yes, you date, you've been exclusive for a little while, but then you break up. Maybe you date for a couple weeks or a couple years, but at some point the relationship ends that happens too, but you're headed in the right direction. And then we have phase seven. It's a yes for both of you. You date exclusively, you develop a meaningful relationship, and you go on to actually get married and you do life together as husband and wife. Now think about this. There are seven phases to a committed relationship that lead to marriage, but up until phase six of seven, you are failing and experiencing rejection the whole way. So you have to have a lot of resilience and faithfulness to your commitment to get married, to get through to the seventh phase. You have to keep going. When you're going through the phases and you're experiencing hard, uncomfortable emotions, your brain is going to want to latch on to avoidance abdicating responsibility and going back to that passive action we talked about earlier. Your brain wants to stay home in its comfort zone. It wants ice cream, it wants Netflix, and it wants to wear the fuzzy socks. Your brain will want to pray defensive, confrontational, angry, begging prayers to make God change your circumstance so you don't have to feel this way. Your brain will want dopamine from other sources, like building your career and taking care of others and recreational activities or possibly destructive indulgences. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those like positive other activities in your life. It's just that they're not moving you forward on the result of creating a Christ-centered marriage but your brain will tell you to focus on those things and to get that next degree or the house or the dog and to read more relationship books until your whole bookshelf is full of them and to swipe and swipe and swipe all day long. And it'll feel like you're doing everything right, but you're no closer to that wedding altar. Don't let yourself indulge in those feel-good emotions if you're actually wanting to be a wife if you want to be a wife, you have to commit to marriage now. Not on your wedding day. Not while you're walking down the aisle. Now, while you're single. This is when the real work happens. So, the good and the bad news is the only effective way to get to that wedding altar and enjoy a Christ centered marriage is to go through all seven of those phases and never quit until you reach phase seven. And you don't have to rush. I want to help you to do this in a way that is deliberate, intentional, prayerful, loving, and kind to yourself in a way that is actually good for you and doesn't cause you to quit when you're on that fourth date in this month and he ghosts you again. Now, let's talk about the three options men have when they're interacting with you. Here's what they're going to do or say they're either going to do They're going to say no or swipe left, or they're going to say yes, but it's actually a no, or they're going to say yes, and they're going to marry you. There are only three options. It's either a no, a yes, that's actually a no, or a yes. And this is really good news because you can prepare yourself for all three outcomes and you have a lot of control over the outcome based on how you show up, how you meet them, how you offer your love to them, how you establish exclusivity and commitment, how you navigate the dating and courtship phase and how you approach marriage. How you shows up matters and I want to help you take back all of your power. And I know that when you hear me talk about what you need to do, it's very easy to get defensive and nervous and scared and think like, but wait, I'm supposed to let God do it for me. But here's the good news. You can go through all seven of those phases, cultivating the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can do this in alignment with Christ when you do it by cultivating and fueling all of your actions with the fruit of the Holy Spirit this is my specialty. This is my jam. Focusing on love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit are the most powerful fuel for moving through those no's and those rejections and those uncomfortable emotions. And I want you to hear this. Stop now and really listen. If you're listening to this and thinking about all the things you're going to have to do to get married and all the reasons why it's too hard, like there aren't enough good men and they're all taken and my standards are too high or men are intimidated by me or I have just too many problems or I'm too old or too late or too tall or too thick. My mother won't approve or my pastor will judge me and God will condemn me for not waiting and having more patience. Just stop. Just stop for a minute. No matter what's getting in the way, no matter what your challenges, obstacles, or excuses are, you can overcome them all through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this is why my program is so different because it's guilt-free. It's shame-free. You can't go wrong when you are fueled by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. No matter how scared you are, The fruit of the Holy Spirit will help you move forward. With the nine fruit of the Spirit, you can overcome any obstacle, but you have to have love. You have to say yes to love. You have to love your God-given desire for marriage. And yes, your desire for marriage comes from God. I know some of you think that this is a selfish thing. You think you came up with this desire all on your own, that it's a fleshy thing, but please let me assure you that this is a God thing. You can try to achieve it through ungodly ways, but the root of the desire comes from God. He placed it in your heart and it's your job to honor it and pursue it using the fruit of the Holy Spirit rather than fear. So you have to have love, which is another way of saying courage and a willingness to fail. You have to have joy because joy will give you the strength you need to get back up and it will allow you to be resilient. You have to have peace to know that God is with you on this journey and you are never alone. You've got to have patience. You've got to have patience because it's not going to happen immediately and it won't happen the way you imagined it should you have to be patient with yourself. Plus you need goodness to be a good and godly wife. You have to love goodness and you have to have a life that is good, good for you and brings glory to God. And of course you're going to need kindness. You have to stop yourself from becoming bitter or jaded after experiencing unfavorable outcomes. Plus, you'll need faithfulness to commit to the process, to loving and to being loved. This is what great couples do. And you need gentleness towards yourself and towards others, but especially towards yourself. It doesn't mean that you quit, it means gently pressing forward. And finally, you need self control you need to take responsibility for your own thoughts, emotions, and actions. You have to be disciplined to keep going even when it seems pointless to your brain. You have to keep going even after you've been dumped or ghosted or catfished or lied to or cheated on or disappointed in some way. And not from an energy of, I need a man so I'm going to keep going into these toxic relationships and never learn and no matter what. No. No, that is not what I'm saying at all. I'm talking about evaluating past relationships, learning from failure, and never letting the past stop you from achieving your God-given desire for love and marriage. You have to be disciplined to choose Christ-centered growth, to forgive, to let go, to move forward rather than become bitter or go on vacation or binge watch another Netflix series or give up on the dream. So here's what I teach my students. I teach them these skill sets in my signature course, Ready for the One. These are the relationship skills you need to develop to move forward through all seven phases fueled by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You must develop these skill sets, the skill of personal responsibility, That means being an emotional and spiritual adult and taking back your God-given power. This is the first lesson because healthy marriages don't just require you to be a physically mature human. You've got to be more than the legal age to get married. You've got to be an emotional and spiritual adult, and you have to have that power and awareness in you in order to recognize spiritual and emotional maturity in others. Next, you need to learn the skill of communicating, whether it's online or in person, you have to be able to communicate and connect with the opposite sex in ways that send the right message. Some of you are sending mixed signals, but I'll teach you how to be clear with others so that they understand what you're offering without it ever being weird. This isn't about chasing men or being pushy either. And I don't want you to use apps if you don't want to. This is about creating a relationship in an authentic way, whether that's organically in the real world or through some of these online resources that are available. Next, you have to learn how to offer a relationship. Most women get this all wrong, and you see it especially in the online dating bios It's all about you, rather than what you want to offer. It's about what you want, not what you're there to give. But don't worry, it's an easy fix. And I know it sounds counterintuitive because it's the bio and it's supposed to be about you. But trust me, there's a better way. Next, you have to learn how to overcome rejection and process those uncomfortable emotions. And this ends up being a superpower. Because once you learn... And you figure out how to apply it. You can apply it anywhere and you will become literally unstoppable. The reason you'll be unstoppable is because you'll be able to handle any emotion. You'll know that the worst thing that can happen to you in life is a feeling and you'll no longer be afraid of them. You'll also learn the art of discernment and making decisions that are good for you and bring glory to God. Plus, you'll learn how to coach yourself. Of course, every package comes with private coaching with me. But let's be honest, I'm not always going to be there. I'm not going to be there when he says no. I'm not going to be there the night after the date completely is just a flop. And you're going to need to know how to coach yourself. And honestly, I want you to be able to coach yourself because I don't want you to have a codependent relationship with me where I'm there to solve your problems for you. My job is to point you back to the still small voice within and help you learn to listen to your own inner wisdom and make empowering decisions for yourself that are guided by your relationship with Christ. Plus, you're going to learn how to stop wasting time. Most people think you can avoid wasting time by not getting into relationships that don't result in marriage, but that's not true. We only waste time when we fail to evaluate after and learn from the experience. People and relationships are never, and I mean this, never a waste of time. In Ready for the One, I will teach you how to evaluate every experience and learn from it so you never waste another minute of your life. The best part of all of this is that your imagination of what failure will feel like is very fear based, and it doesn't have to be. You're avoiding failure and rejection because you think it's the worst. But what actually ends up happening is you learn that failure means progress, and then you stop resisting it and you start actually creating a lot of trust with yourself and healthy pride that lets you feel good about your decisions, even when they don't go exactly as you planned. You're not going to feel terrible the whole time, I promise. Your brain thinks this is the worst idea ever because. It's scared, and it knows that you're being set up for uncomfortable emotions. But once you start moving forward, you'll see that it's not nearly as bad as you anticipated. Your imagination is always worse than reality. And when you commit to honoring your God-given desire for marriage no matter what, you ultimately realize that success is inevitable and failure starts to feel like success because eventually your brain stops fighting you and recognizes that all of this is progress and you are moving forward. The only reason your brain is holding you back right now is because you think this won't work and you'll do all these things and you'll feel horrible and then you'll still be single. So when you learn and apply these skills, here's what happens. Men will start noticing you. You will attract them, not chase them, but attract them. Yes, you will experience lots of failures and lots of rejection, but, and yeah, men are going to ghost you and they're going to break up with you and you're going to break up with them. And sometimes the rejection will be both ways, but it won't feel the way you imagine Because you'll be gaining experience the whole way. You'll also be getting some amazing yeses along the way. You're going to have wonderful relationships. There are meaningful, authentic, and healthy, beautiful relationships that await you. Not every one of them is going to result in marriage, but one of them will. One of them eventually is going to be a yes, and it will lead to marriage. And that is what we're there for. So like I said, most of my students are going to start getting dates within the first 90 days. And some of you are really eager and you'll do it faster, but I know a lot of you want to take it slow and steady and that's okay too. But even in the lower gears, you are going to be dating within 90 days when you apply the skills I'm teaching you. So that's our episode for today. But before I let you go, I want to tell you about the Foundations for Love program, because we're going into 2023, and I know for a lot of you, this is the year you choose love. So I want to give you the info real quick that you need to be able to join us, and I want to tell you about the New Year's bonus I'm offering that's going to set you up for Christ-centered success. So the Foundations for Love program is different from any other program you've ever been introduced to before. It's different from everything else because of this one specific reason. It bridges the gap between learning, doing, and processing, and it gives you a comprehensive roadmap to move from wherever you're at to a healthy, Christ-centered marriage. And it gives you the coaching support you need to process what you're learning understand how to apply it personally to you and understand yourself at the highest level possible. Plus, like I've said, it's all Christ-centered, which means it's based on you honoring your relationship with God. And I say Christ-centered rather than Christian because there's a lot of different Christians out there. But this program focuses on what we all hold in common, Christ-centered principles around loving, kindness, accepting ourselves and others. Being honest and authentic, being in integrity and cultivating the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life so though no matter what, you are walking in alignment with the will of God. So one of the things I wanted to do differently was ensure that everyone gets what they need, which is why there are three different price points based on the amount of private coaching you want and what makes sense for your finances. With every package, you get immediate access to my entire online course collection and all resources, which includes Ready for the One, my signature course, where I teach you about those critical skill sets we were talking about. But there's so much more than that. Ready for the One in itself is incredible. And I used to sell it separately for a thousand dollars. But now it lives inside the Foundations for Love program and It lives there with all these other amazing resources and it's available to everyone. So it's in there with the digital detox program, which helps you step away from the online world for a month, reevaluate how it's affecting your life, step back into the real world. And then if you want to, you can reincorporate your social life, your online social life back into your life in a way that is meaningful and for you rather than against you. You'll also get all of the group coaching and all the group coaching replays. There is a growing library and they're amazing. I do weekly group coaching calls. You can attend the call for free, but to watch the replays, you have to be a member. And you'll get a daily devotional that I created to help you learn how to adopt the mind of Christ and process those emotions. Plus there's just a bunch of other goodies in there. I've been creating courses and resources for the past five years, and I needed a way to package them all together in one convenient place so that you have access to everything you need when you need it. And there's a lot in there. So you get access to all of that plus private coaching at a price point that makes sense for you. You can get started right now for just $49 a month. Not only is it ridiculously affordable, it's also subscription-based. So there's no contract. You can come, get what you need, and cancel any time. But your monthly membership gets you access to everything plus private sessions with me. So there are three different levels, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. And at the Ruby level, you get one coaching session per month. Sapphires get two coaching sessions per month and Emeralds get weekly private coaching sessions. Now, I will tell you that the Emerald package is considerably more than the Ruby package. And that's because the Ruby package is extremely discounted to help people where they're at. In the past, I was charging $250 for a one hour private coaching session because that's what it's worth. That's fair market value. I mean, think about how much it costs to talk to a psychic for an hour, but that's neither here nor there. The point is in the past I was charging that much, but it was Out of range for a lot of people and my goal is to help change the world by empowering women to make healthy choices about who they marry and why they get married marriages are the backbone of society and we can prevent a lot of unnecessary suffering for future generations when women enter into healthy relationships The cycles and chains of abuse, divorce, trauma, chaos, and drama have to end somewhere. So the Ruby package is priced to support those who might not be able to afford coaching and other resources without this help. For those who can afford to invest more, the Sapphire and Emerald packages are there to help you go even deeper and experience a faster transformation with my personal support. I want you to know the logic and reasoning behind these different price points so that you can choose the one that is best for you and feel really good about your decision. Knowing that the Sapphire and Emerald packages help support others and together we're making a real difference in the world. So this is a risk-free investment. You choose the price point that's right for you. Stay as long as you want, get coached, and ultimately get married, knowing that you built a relationship on the strongest possible foundation a foundation of Christ centered love. So, of course, you can sign up anytime. Whenever you're ready, this program will be available for you. But There's a really good reason. I want you to head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love and sign up today because I have an extra special bonus coming up for you at the end of the year. For those of you who are already members, don't worry. You will get this bonus at no extra charge. You'll be automatically included because that's what's so amazing about this program. It keeps getting better. I love coming up with ways to help women honor their desire for love. And as I create new things, they'll all get added to this one place and your membership gets you access to all of it. But at the time of recording this podcast, we are about to go into 2023 and I have a very special 10-day program that is going to set you up and help you start the new year on solid ground. Remember how I told you that everything you do in pursuit of marriage can be fueled by the fruit of the Holy Spirit and why you have to cultivate those nine things? Well, I'm going to do a deep dive into it to start the new year. On December 31st, you will get your first video lesson all about reflecting on the past year, evaluating your wins and losses, and getting closure so that you can step into the new year with your heart wide open and available for love. On January 1st, I'll give you a brand new video lesson breaking down how to cultivate love, why it's essential to your success, and what you can do to maximize your enjoyment of this fruit. And the following days, we will do the same thing for each of the other fruit. I've taught this before in different ways. Some of you who've been with me for a while will remember... Back a couple years ago, I think we did a 40 day fruit fuel challenge in the Facebook group, but now all of that is going to be dialed in and made available to you inside the members portal so that you always have it there as a solid way for you to start your journey towards a Christ centered marriage. And you're going to love the way I teach these concepts because I make it so applicable I want you to make sure that you're experiencing the fruit of the spirit, experiencing love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, not just talking about them. So if for some reason you're not already signed up, now is the best time to get in and if you're listening to this episode sometime in the future, maybe months later, even years later, this bonus will still be there for you with even more goodies that I, have, I haven't have even imagined yet. So head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love. Make sure you write love with a lowercase l and get yourself signed up today. You can start going through any of the material. It's all available to you on demand. And before we go, I just want to take a minute to wish you a very Merry Christmas. A couple days ago, I posted in our Facebook that all I want for Christmas is your testimonials. And I want to thank you so much for your kind words. So before we go, I want to share a few of those with you. Christine says, I still have more healing to do. Before I will enter the dating pool, but your podcasts help me to work on myself and give me hope. Thank you for all that you do. Danny said, Hel- You helped me mature a lot. I went through so many phases, but healing is there. Thank you for everything. Megan said, The Forever Love podcast is not only entertaining to listen to, but you also are really helpful. I love how you encourage and educate women with a mix of your personal stories and your years of coaching. Norma said, The Forever Love podcast is informative and blessed by God. Debbie said, you supported me through so much this year via our weekly coaching. We've had a lot of laughs. Thank you so much for the time and wisdom you've invested and being on the other end of messenger when I've needed it. I really appreciate it. Noluthando said, I learned that you need to love someone as they are. If you don't rather not get into that relationship with them ladies, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your kind words, your encouragement, your support, your generosity, all of it. It means the world to me. And so many more testimonials came in privately sharing your personal triumphs. And I'm so grateful to God and you that this is my life work. And I'm extremely excited for the year ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a very, very Merry Christmas and God bless you. I'll see you in the new year. the Forever Love Podcast. I am your host and relationship coach, Lily Matanguiza. And if you would like to join us on this journey, go over to Proverbs2426.com slash love, all in lowercase letters, please. Otherwise, it doesn't quite work. But Proverbs2426.com slash love to join the Foundations for Love program. You will get instant access to all of my courses, which include my signature course, Ready for the One, Plus the 31 day challenge, the relationship starter course, devotionals, meditations, relationship conversation, scripts and questions to help you get started. Um, there's just a ton of material and resources available to you within the Foundations for Love Program. I wanted to give you everything you might possibly need on this journey, plus coaching. You will get private one-on-one coaching with me as part of this program. And you can get started today for just $49 per month. And so I want to encourage you head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love and get started because even though you might not believe this is possible for you, I know it is. I know that you can enjoy a Christ-centered and godly marriage that you can go out and pursue love in a way that is beautiful, healthy, and honors you and your relationship. relationship with God. I want to help you make that a reality and I am here to support you every step of the way. So head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love and get started today.